0: How long will we remember the Austin Riley home run and the bizarre double play to end the Braves-Phillies game? Well, that all depends on who wins the series. You are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Baseball fans and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the Daily Podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please, as my lower third somewhere will tell you, you can call me Sully. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been a baseball podcaster for well over a decade now, and I am now in my fifth postseason as a member of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it is your team every day. Thanks so much for making us your first listen. And for those of you who listen to us every day, make sure to hashtag EverydaySully so I know who is out there listening every single day. Follow us at Lockdown and MLB Pods on Twitter and Instagram. I am your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Chase Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Chase case, you with a personal supply five antibiotics that treat 150 infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. I'm going to pull back the curtains a little bit. I am recording this during the evening of the 9th of October, 2023. I know what happened in the incredibly dramatic Atlanta Braves and Philadelphia Phillies game that happened earlier tonight. The Dodgers and the Diamondbacks are still going on right now. So I don't know who's going to win that game. You already do. Our good friend Miller Thomas is going to be on for the final segment to talk a little bit about that game. But right now uh, we're going to talk a a big chunk about the Braves and the Phillies. uh, And I'm going to bring up a little bit of why Twins fans should feel very, very good about the possibility of their team splitting which is pretty much all you could ask for at this point. Hey, let's do a little bit of house cleaning right now. Um, a couple of people have uh, texted me or tweeted at me or sent me messages via YouTube. A lot of people liked the show I did the other day where I brought up the fact that one of my kids in my class, uh, I was joking, who's a uh, you know, I'm severely on the autism spectrum and is a huge Dodger fan. and uh my buddy D we'll just call him D here uh i was saying yo you should pitch for them this weekend and the fact that he only recorded one fewer out than Clayton Kershaw did um but uh as it looks like right now uh, the dodger pitching is not that much better from the starting rotation uh i asked uh what franchise has won five world series and all of them went game seven. Well, apparently a bunch of you knew this one. Uh, Jody Jackson knew that one. Uh, John Murphy Jr. knew that one. Uh, My buddy uh, Marcel knew that one. Uh, Court Stell knew it. Uh, The answer are the Pittsburgh Pirates. The Pirates have won the 1909 World Series against the, the Ty Cobb and the Detroit Tigers. The 1925 World Series where Red Oldham came out of the bullpen and got three Future Hall of Famers out one, two, three to close the World Series out. On uh, 1960, which Hal Smith hit the huge dramatic home run. You thought I was going to say Bill Mazeroski. Well, in a later episode, I'm going to point out why certain people like Hal Smith and Bernie Carbo and Tony Womack actually got the more dramatic hit than we all remember in great baseball games. Uh, Mazeroski also had a good game that day, too. Um, Roberto Clemente led the 1971 Pirates to a seven game victory over the Orioles and Willie Stargell led the 79 Pirates to a seven game victory over the same Baltimore Orioles. Did I said San Louis Cardinals the Baltimore Orioles. I meant to say my bad. Uh, so that, that was the answer to the trivia question. Now, uh, there is another strange trivia question that I'm not going to, I'm not going to, uh, uh, to say the trivia, question. I'm just going to mention this fact: uh, the Baltimore Orioles uh, right now are in real, real danger uh, of joining a notorious group of of teams. Uh, these are teams that include the. Let's see if I can do it from memory because I thought I had it written down here the 2000 Chicago White Sox, the 2001 uh uh houston astros i know it also included the 2000 and uh let's see the 2008 chicago cubs the 2014 angels i I won't call them what they call themselves and the 2016 texas rangers and what those teams they're ignominious is I know they're they're I, I I it's one of those words I can't pronounce they're they're bad place in history how about that is that all of those teams were the number one team the number one seed of their league the White Sox the Cubs all those years I just mentioned with the number one seed in the playoffs in the wild card era and they all got swept every one of them were the best team in their league in terms of win-loss record and did not win a single game in the postseason i bet you forgot all about the existence of the 2000 white Sox and the 2008 cubs and 2014 angels and all of them because they were gone before you knew they were there and the baltimore orioles if they lose on the 10th to the texas rangers they will join that group however one team that will not join that group are the atlanta braves and it sure looked like they were going to because uh mr wheeler who he's been around this league for so long lest we forget he was the main giants prospect that was sent packing to the mets for carlos beltran in 2011 that's how long he's been around and he's had a pretty nice solid career um but alas he was he's with the Phillies now and he was throwing himself a no hitter and basically was making you know he was absolutely dominating the first six outs he recorded were all strikeouts and it was, uh, it was just, it was crazy. It was crazy how he's dominating this team, which is has a historically great offense and a team that was shut out in the first time they went through it. So it was, it was just crazy talk. And the fact of the matter is the Phillies looked like they just were the better team. And then came a li- that little bit, that tiny, tiny window, the Darnell home run gave the f- the Braves a little bit of life. And then when they hit Acuna in the bottom of the eighth, I remember just kind of perking up thinking, hmm, something bad is going to happen here. And they took out Wheeler, and I understood why they took out Wheeler, but you just got the sense of, hmm, something could happen here. And, of course, Acuna gets to second. He steals third. They had two strikes on Riley. And I really felt like, okay, they're not going to get this. He's going to strike out. You know when you watch a baseball game and all you can envision is the strikeout? Well, kids, that's not what happened. And he launched – when he hit that home run, it was one of those deep home runs. And you just could see it hugging the left field line and me thinking, wait a minute. Wait a wait, 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 what? And look it, there are certain home runs that are the types of home runs that turn the series around. That the series is going one direction and it just zigs in a different direction. The Jim Layler's home run in the World Series of 1996 comes to mind. And then there's the Spezio home run against the giants in 2002 just these super dramatic home runs that turned a series that looked like it was completely going one direction and then suddenly took it a different one now where will this one land i know that it landed it landed in the seats now a lot of it depends on what happens in the series now of course it ends with of course harper getting on base and then the deep drive to uh right center field, and Harris jumps up. Now it was I I didn't, I thought it was gonna be a home run when I was watching it. The replay showed it probably would have been a double off the top of the wall and would have certainly have scored the tying run. And Harris, the second one, not the first one, catches it and somehow. Bryce Harper, I guess thought it was already off the wall because he was half he was halfway to third base. It turned into the end of the Benny Hill episode with everything bouncing around. And before you know it, the they was double off at second base. Now I'm a Bryce Harper fan and Bryce Harper was the NLCS MVP last year. He has been a superstar this off season. But if the Braves hold on to win this series, That Riley home run will be a great turnaround, and that will be a gigantic red-faced moment for Bryce Harper. It doesn't eliminate his multiple MVPs. It doesn't eliminate the the dramatic home run that he hit that essentially sent the Phillies to the World Series last year. But man, oh man, to be double off like that on a critical game like this, that was pretty amazing. Now, will this be a footnote the Albert Pujols home run off of Brad Lidge was a super dramatic home run but in the end the Cardinals lost that series Rajay Davis's home run in the World Series of 2016 was one of the single greatest moments I've ever seen in baseball history but Cleveland ultimately lost the game so where will this home run land if the Braves turn this around dust themselves off pound NOLA in game three, and that's on the table, then the Riley home run will look like the moment that the Braves woke up. If the Phillies wind up winning it, then it'll be totally forgotten, maybe? Not sure. All I know is we're gonna have baseball on Thursday because the you know the game is gonna go, the series is go at least to game four and the Braves don't have to worry about joining that list of the teams that have the best record in the league and couldn't even win a single playoff game. Okay, let's talk a little bit about our friends at Jace Medical. Modern medical care and treatment are important, but our global supply chains, they're fragile. Things like pandemics, natural disasters, and foreign aid, they may cut you off from the treatment that you need. Jace Medical is your solution. And guess what? It can be done online, all right? People may be in situations where they're cut off from the doctors, they're cut off from the medication they need, and they can't get appointments for days. Well, with all the barriers in front of you, Jace Medical creates your solutions. Go online, fill out a form. Then you can get prescription, life-saving medication delivered right to your door. The Jace Case gives you peace of mind so that you're not just hoping that you have access to the medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's j a s e medical.com. That win that the Twins got the other day was potentially seismic, for this main reason: you know, when you go through who has the most impact in a uh, in a postseason, names are going to come up, and every year there are names that come up that make you go, "Wait, what? Wait, are, you, are you being serious?" And every and without fail, there are, there are people who become major factors in the postseason. You know, like, you know, and I've always brought up Eddie Rosario and Jorge Soler a few years ago were like, I can't believe that they have become major figures in the postseason. And right now, as we're sitting at this point in the playoffs, Josh Young and Pablo Lopez are the two dominating figures of this postseason. But I'll tell you who also is tremendous is Evan Carter, who just seems to get on base at will. With all the superstars playing today, of course, we'll worry about Evan Carter. On that same front, Sonny Gray is suddenly playing a gigantic, important role in this year's postseason. He is the starter who's going to be coming in and pitching game three of the division series. And Sonny Gray has had a pretty good year. And again, this must be absolutely surreal for. Yankee fans and some, you know, Reds fans, everyone seeing Sonny Gray suddenly finding himself at a key moment in this postseason. But, you know, he's pitched pretty well down the stretch. He, you know, he won a couple of key games, um, going six innings, striking out eight at one point, throwing uh, seven shot innings against the White Sox, not against the greatest competition, but pitched very well in his five innings where he struck out six in the postseason in uh, against Toronto um, and uh, you know and has as as played quite well thank you very much and this year uh, you know he pitched well 184 innings pitched to an ERA of 2.74 uh, strike so just around uh, a batter an inning and has a good uh, strikeout to uh, walk ratio had the best FIP of any pitcher in the American League. All this makes him a solid pitcher going into this game. But there's another factor, and that is the Astros pitching. Now look at Christian Javier is a good pitcher, but he's been struggling. He's not been the pitcher that you hand the ball to thinking, oh yeah, everything's gonna go great. You know, he pitched well down the stretch, He had a really good game against Baltimore down the stretch, but he's not been lights out. And then you have game four, which is going to be a coin toss between Jose Urquidy or JP France. Look at, realistically, Twins fans should be hoping that they split the next two games and force a winner take all game five, which by definition is a coin toss, of which you'd be handing the ball in all probability to Pablo Lopez, right? It would probably be Pablo Lopez versus Justin Verlander. And you take your chances with that. But the fact of the matter is if Sonny Gray outpitches Christian Javier on the afternoon of the 10th, then suddenly the Astros season is in the hands of Jose Urquidy, J.P. France, or Justin Verlander being pushed in a day early. And if they push Verlander in a day early, then you're going to have either Framber Valdez pushed up or some bullpen game in game five. Sunny great. This is, again, why baseball postseason is so glorious. Because one of the entire... Major moments of the postseason involving the defending World Series champion who suddenly could look up and see their wearing orange counterpart, the Baltimore Orioles, are on the verge of being eliminated by the Texas Rangers. All the Rangers have to do is go one and two over the next three games, and they move on. Now, the Rangers are showing, the Rangers are the definition of a streaky team, And the Rangers could go all the way to the World Series. We all know that. But the Astros have to take care of Minnesota first. That's why that game two was so critical. The, look at Christian Javier, we all saw what he did last year in the World Series. He started a World Series no-hitter, okay? We all know what he can do. But the fact of the matter is we are living in a world where he is, in all probability, the single most critical starting pitcher we are going to see in October thus far. Because he could single-handedly send the defending World Series champion Astros into an abject panic if he outpitches Christian Javier tomorrow. The entire complexion of the American League postseason Would change in the blink of an eye if Sonny Gray outpitches Christian Javier tomorrow. The injuries and the inconsistencies, the Hunter Brown injuries and everything, have all come to a head with the fact that the Astros' pitching depth is not what it was the last bunch of years. And now they're looking up. There is a very, very real possibility that the Minnesota Twins could be in complete control of this series in less than 24 hours. And if that's the case, well basically there won't be any bad guys in this postseason. Now, I'm not saying that the Twins definitely have the upper hand, but what I am saying is they are in an absolutely glorious position to put themselves in the driver's seat in this critical moment in the postseason and I'm not going to lie to you I'm interested to find out what happens the baseball postseason is back and you can make your postseason debut with FanDuel America's number one sports book. join FanDuel today and you'll get started with 200 bets and bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just visit fanduel.com slash locked on to create your new account. Then you can get in the action from the first pitch until the final out. Bet on everything from strikeouts to home runs to who will win the game. If you don't want to wait the whole game to get a W, predict what will happen the next at bat with quick bets. So head on over to fanduel.com slash locked on right now. Step up to the plate this postseason with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Hey, Locked On Diamondbacks and Locked On MLB listeners, look who's here. It's Miller Thomas. I'm your pal Sully. Uh, We're doing a quick, impromptu Locked On MLB, Locked On Diamondbacks crossover at least, uh, for this segment, uh, the game just ended like mm-hmm. like five minutes ago. And I think it's incredible that in nine innings, the Dodgers somehow stranded 50 runners. I don't know how that's possible. I may have to check it. I may have, that maybe be, that may be wrong, but boy, it seemed like it. And for, you know, the Diamondbacks jumped out to a three nothing lead after mm-hmm. the, the the massacre the other day. And the Dodgers were given chance after chance after chance. And yet here we are. It's two nothing Diamondbacks going back to Arizona and nothing is going the Dodgers way. Miller Thomas, what the heck is going on here?
1: Sully, I don't even know how to articulate how I'm feeling, what I'm seeing on the field. I haven't seen the D-backs lose a postseason game yet. We're four games in. We're, we're, this is the D-backs second series. They swept the Milwaukee Brewers. They were the comeback kids in that series because they let the Brewers get up early every game in that series. Then they came back, swept that team. Now they face this LA Dodgers team. And so far through two games, they're the team going up early. They're the team attacking first against LA. And I said entering the season, or excuse me, this series that this Dodgers team was a little bit more vulnerable than years past. I wasn't picking the D-backs or anything to win this series. I still thought Dodgers in four, but I thought there was a better chance for the D-backs to make this a series and potentially take it better than what we've seen in the past because this Dodgers rotation, as we've seen, it's just not as good as it's been uh, You know, from the past few playoffs. Clayton Kershaw, he's a little bit older. We know his playoff struggles. And then after that, because you don't got the Gonsolins, the Julio Urias, the Walker Buehlers, it's like, You had to throw out Bobby Miller for game two. Might be Lance Lynn or like a Ryan Pepio cocktail in game three. Like the D-backs advantage in this series is their starting rotation. And then you throw in the fact that their offense is also what? The best in the postseason right now? Lead the playoffs in home runs? Like this was a team that didn't hit power in the regular season. Now all of a sudden they've turned into like a home run derby team. It's been insane. I really don't know how to explain the D-backs heading back to Arizona. Up to nothing on the Dodgers and you're going to have Merrill Kelly at the very least in game four.
0: Yeah, I I didn't give the Diamondbacks a chance at this one. Especially I thought game one, everything was lined up the Dodger way on that one. And as I mentioned yesterday's uh podcast, uh they got one out from Clayton Kershaw. That's yeah, that's that's not good. That is not yeah, good. Yeah, maybe
1: the worst out of his career, right? Like when you look at his playoffs and even the regular season, like I'm trying to think of part.
0: a I'm trying to think of a pitcher of that caliber who's had a worse start in a postseason Mm game. I mean, Pedro had a couple of bad starts, especially his final start when he pitched for Philadelphia. Um, Greg Maddox had a couple of bad starts, I remember, with um, Atlanta. Um, Randy Johnson had a couple of bad starts in his career. But I'm talking about someone who's a Hall of Famer who wept the bed that badly. I'm really... Clements had a couple of bad starts. Schilling had one or two bad starts, but that was when Schilling's, but none of them like leaving in the first.
1: Yeah. And you combine it with the fact that Merrill Kelly on the other side, 0 for 11 in this career has never won a game against the Dodgers before game one, but you wouldn't have known that with the way he pitched because he was completely locked in and, and shut down that Dodgers lineup. And it's been great for this D-backs offense to really get to this Dodgers bullpen early. Now that's not as big of a fact with, I didn't know how many rest days are going to be built into this series. Honestly, it's like every ridiculous. It's like one, it's it's absolutely a lot of ridiculous. Days. It's insane. So it's like getting to the Dodgers starters early is not as important as it might have been in the regular season because they're right. getting so much rest days. But you still like to see that, you know, so far through two games, the Dodgers starters have combined for two total innings pitch. I think that's been the biggest difference in the series. We knew the Dodgers bullpen was going to be elite. We've seen that. But also the other part is this D-backs pitching staff, their bullpen has heated up. They've matched the Brewers' bullpen. They've matched the Dodgers' bullpen. This team was middle of the pack, you know, the 18th best bullpen in terms of ERA in the regular season, and that's only because that final month of the season, this team had a sub-3 ERA from the bullpen in that final month, and it's carried into the postseason. Ryan Thompson got picked up off waivers from the Tampa Bay Rays in August. He has uh, yet to allow an earned run. Sal Frank, we saw tonight, was able to help the D-backs get out of a jam. Those two guys have been have been big revelations. Combined with the Kevin Ginkle and the Paul Seawald, the D-backs have at least four dudes that they feel really good about in the back end of the bullpen right now.
0: Well, and you know, take it, just think back to when the Brewers took that lead in game one. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking to myself, Oh boy, Millard, you (laughs) know, happy happy to be here. Well, (laughs) Hey, who would have thought they would have gotten in? I mean, Hey, come on. They gave you a summer,
1: the scrappy Um, D backs, right? That's what they were told me
0: at that moment. They would be one win. They have to go one and two. Including two games at home, I think the Dodgers just start pepio, but that's that's uh, that's another conversation. Um, I would have thought you'd be insane at that point, by the way. Uh, Carroll is everything you would want him to be. His <laughs> yeah. postseason average is 500.
1: Yeah, okay? he's been absolutely insane. I mean, he's been locked in at the plate. I mean, all he does is just get on base every single Yeah, game. He got
0: on base four times tonight,
1: yeah, and it wasn't even like a good, like it was a quiet Corbin Carroll game. Like, I felt like right. he, he didn't even have to do much tonight. Like you said, still four times on base. Uh, all he does is get hits. All he does is steal bases. Like, he's incredible. Do you want to
0: post he's in OPS right now?
1: Tell me slowly 1.632. <laughs> <laughs> and listen, he's going against MVPs on the other side. Yeah. The
0: and and by the way, uh, the player of the game for uh, the D backs tonight is probably Gurriel with yeah. um not just the home run that he hit but that weird play in the ninth inning <laughs> where he made that fly ball in the ninth inning a little bit more of an adventure than it probably should have been yeah. but in the end no. it, just, it just 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 is an out just is an out but you know he got he drove in a pair of runs tonight um and that was just and, you know, Marte has had a wonderful postseason so far. Pham has had a terrific postseason so far. Moreno, the catcher, has, mm-hmm. you know, his OPS is over 900 in the postseason so far. They've been just yeah. getting contributions up and down the lineup. And, you know, you're going to have Zach Gallin, In Worst case scenario, he's going to pitch another game. Yeah. And no. I, I I don't, I mean, look, at the D-backs are in great shape. Mm-hmm. I think I'm willing to say that. But there, I've seen teams fall 2-0 in worse shape and come back. And game three, if I'm the Dodge, I'm starting Pepio because he's pitched the best on the stretch. He's pitched well. Lance Lynn has been there, done that. He's had a couple of good games for the Dodgers, but also some lousy games too. I would hand the ball to Pepio in game three. If there's a game four, you hand it to Lance Lynn or you could hand it to Clayton Kershaw because he wasn't overworked in game one
1: no and also I think they're going to be on normal rest by the time mm-hmm. game four rolls around so I think we are going to see Kershaw versus Kelly and then gallon versus whoever in that game uh five if necessary of course if necessary because, uh,
0: that means game three is just critical I mean they can, yeah they I think
1: I think Game Three is just going to come down to the offense. Honestly, I think Game Three is just going to be potentially your classic slugfest. I mean, you're going to have Brandon Fott on the mound. We know he loves to get. It's going. It could be a home run battle between Fott and Lance Lynn. Who gives up more? But I think Ryan Pepiot will probably be in as early as the second inning. I think Lance Lynn is going to have one of the quickest hooks um, in postseason history. Like I don't think Dave Roberts. I think it'll well, be like it be like no.
0: They're not gonna have a quicker hook than they had on Kershaw in Game One.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, or Kershaw in Game inning. One. Miller game two, like Dave Roberts is not playing around, and with the bullpen that he has, like you can see why. Like Brazier, Gratterall, uh, even Joe Kelly was solid. Like that bullpen was pretty nasty and really carried the Dodgers tonight. And you you see how much they've had to do through the first two games.
0: Yeah. By the way, the Dodgers bullpen did their job tonight. Yeah. I mean, they the D back scored three in the first, and then they let up the the solo shot to Gurriel in the what was it, the sixth or seventh inning. Mm -hmm. And that was it for the run scoring. The Dodgers, actually, let let me go to MLB.com. I made the joke. I mean, they left seven runners on base. Yeah. Okay. It's actually not as many as I thought because it just, I guess it's because they also, they grounded into two two key double plays. The Freeman double play and the Taylor double play were just absolute, you know.
1: They're uh, momentum killers in this game.
0: Yeah. I mean Colton Juan twice left runners in scoring position with two outs. You yeah, yeah, had
1: What bases loaded with one out two? Or yeah, and I and mean all those times
0: they were one for six with, with runners in scoring position.
1: Yeah, that's you had not, cut it. and you had players like Freddie Freeman, you know, at, at the plate to potentially come through. And then just the top of the lineup right now for the Dodgers, like they haven't woken up yet. Like, has bets? I mean, I'm checking the stats right now, he hasn't gotten a hit yet. This postseason, mm-hmm. and we know Betts is like an all-time postseason performer. We've know what he's done with the Dodgers and the and the Red Sox, but he's yet to wake up in the series and we'll see if he could do that back in Arizona. Hopefully. And
0: and mean. and that is that is one thing that if you are a Diamondback fan, don't get too cocky. Mm-hmm. Because you know it could turn into a slugfest. Betts has a his average right now is zero zero zero. His OPS is one twenty-five. You know, Freeman's average is one sixty seven. His OPS is under six. So If those two players wake the heck up and spark the offense and turn into a slugfest, then you could be seeing the, the, you know, you've got to, if you're a Diamondbacks fan, you've got to be eyeing to sweep the series because you don't want this to go deeper.
1: No, I don't want this. I I could see the D-backs win this in game four because of that slugfest potential, but I will be scared that, if it does turn into a slugfest in Game 3, maybe that wakes up the bats of the Dodgers for the rest of the series. If Mookie Betts all of a sudden sees a couple of those Brandon Fott fastballs sit in the middle of the zone, does that wake him up for the rest of the series? Does that wake up a Freddie Freeman for the best uh, for the rest of the series? Because those guys love playing in Chase Field. A guy like Will Smith absolutely has crushed the D-backs throughout his career. So I'm going to be really keyed in uh, on those guys. But the D-backs are going to... Also have a quick hook with a, a Brandon Fott. like we saw in game one. Like they are going to make that a bullpen game. If Brandon Fott struggles through one inning, like they're going to keep him out there as long as he's pitching well. But the first sign of trouble, the first time he walks a batter the you know the the third inning or whatever, Toy Lovella is going to come out and they're going to put in either a mantiplier or whoever Kyle Nelson. So I, I will also be on the lookout to see which starting pitcher lasts longer in this game because both of them are, I think are going to have super quick hooks in game three.
0: All right, Miller Thomas, um, we're going to quickly do our trivia question here. Okay. And then we'll wrap things up. Um, You talk about players who check things off their bucket list and have that moment of glory that could never be topped in their career. Well, one player in baseball history won the League Championship Series MVP, the World Series MVP, was the Cy Young Award winner that same year and threw a complete game victory to clinch both the League Championship Series and the World Series. Only one player did all that in one year. League Championship Series and World Series MVP, complete games to clinch both of them, won the Cy Young Award that year, and also later in his career, won a League Championship Series MVP with another team. Okay. Who is this big time clutch player? That is your trivia question. Send it to us. Put it in the comments here on YouTube or on Twitter or on Instagram. Bill Thomas, where can people find your show?
1: Yeah, follow me on Twitter at Career Thomas24 for my personal account. Look up Locked on Dimebacks about Twitter, and Instagram for the podcast handle. We're of course streaming on all your podcasting platforms. And please hit subscribe to Locked on Dimebacks on YouTube. <laughs>
0: And you can follow us at Locked On MLB Pods on Twitter and Instagram. I am your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Wondering where this Braves victory will put them in terms of all-time greats. And looking at the D-backs who are somehow putting themselves in a position where they can wait for the winner of the Braves-Phillies. This has been Locked On MLB. That's Miller Thomas. I'm your pal Sully. Let's fist pump for another week.